The following podcast is a She Did It and SydneyNanberg.com production. Welcome back to the She Did It podcast. My name is Sydney Nanberg, and I am the creator and founder of She Did It and SydneyNanberg.com, your self care and mindset resource. If you are listening to this, thank you because you are committed to investing in your own personal growth and development, and I appreciate you being a contributor to this community. My intention is to consistently share valuable information and lessons to help you live a fulfilling life. I want you to come here looking for inspiration and leave with the tools you need to take on whatever it is you are going after. Achieving fulfillment starts with taking the first step, and you're doing it. Hey everyone, it's Sydney, and I have been waiting for this episode, so thank you so much as always for listening and tuning into another episode of the She Did It podcast. I appreciate every one of you, and I am so grateful to have you part of this community, and I cannot wait to hear your feedback on this episode. So I am fortunate today to be joined by the incredible Ivana Katz all the way from Australia, and you are just going to love her. We are talking about how to break down your fears. We all have faced fear in our life, and the outcome is dependent upon what you choose to do with it. Sometimes we let our fears dictate our minds, and that is what creates limiting beliefs. But Ivana has an incredible story and tips for you. Ivana is a single mom who believes life is not measured by the number of breaths you take, but by the moments that take your breath away. She is a breast cancer survivor with such an amazing story and positive energy. She understands how difficult it can be to work through health and other challenges in life and when it comes to running a business. She is a website designer who who works with small business entrepreneurs to help get their business online without the overwhelm, which is amazing. And you can kind of think of her as your business co-pilot, which I love. So if you want to hear Ivana's story and how to break down your fears to get to the next level in life and feel fulfilled, then keep on listening and let's dive in. Well, welcome Ivana. So grateful to have you here today. I'm really excited about this episode. Yes, so am I. I am so glad that we have connected. I know, me too. And you have such a wonderful story and I can't wait for everyone to learn from you and about you. And when we first spoke, I was so hyped up for the rest of the day because you really motivated me and you have such great energy. And I hope that everybody gets their notes ready now because they're going to learn a lot. This is definitely going to be life changing. So for those who don't know who you are, would you go ahead and give a little bit of an intro? Yes, of course. Uh, So my name is Ivana Katz and I'm a website designer. And for the past 18 years, I've been working with small business owners and startups to help guide them through what's often quite a bumpy ride, um, getting their business online. And um, I live in Sydney, Australia with um, my 18-year-old son. I'm a single mom. Um, But I was actually born in Prague, Czech Republic, and um, we escaped when I was 14 years old. Uh, But that's a whole different story, (laughs) because back then, uh, the Czech Republic was a communist country. So so it was a a challenging journey for me back then. But as I said, that's probably a story for another time. Yeah. And you've had many journeys in your life and many challenges that you've overcome to get to where you are. And I think a lot of times, you know, when people introduce themselves to other people, a lot of times we just get to the surface of what we do. But there's so much more to each and every one of us than what people can just tell from the outside looking in. Right. Right. And, you know, you were diagnosed with breast cancer and you go ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I was just going to say by the time you get to my age, which is 53, you kind of go, I've lived a lot and it's hard to, you know, compact it into two or three oh, sentences. For sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. Which is why these podcasts are so amazing because it gives people the opportunity to really get to know people for who they are and learn from them, you know, and I think that that's something that I love and I've been able to connect with such amazing people like you and hear their actual story because when you just meet someone quickly, you know, even at 25 years old, right? I, there's only so much I can say and, you know, a little introduction, right? But that's what this, this podcast is for. It's to inspire and give people the opportunity to share their story. And yours is, is yes, diagnosed with breast cancer and you survived. And that must have been so difficult and so scary and emotional emotionally exhausting. So what was the journey like battling through cancer? Um, you know, I still get emotional talking about it because it's only two years bet, on. So, yeah. so bear with me if, you know, the tears still come. But I find the more I talk about it, the easier it probably gets. Um, but funnily enough, it was Friday the 13th that um, I sat at my doctor's office and she told me I had breast cancer. And I was so shocked because I had no uh, no symptoms, no lumps, um, and I felt perfectly fine. Um, but the only way it was discovered was that I had a routine mammogram. Here in Australia, when you turn 50, you are sent for all of these different tests. And so, so I went to my, my mammogram and there it was. Um, and um, wow. after the initial diagnosis, I, you know, life got really busy with visits to doctors and specialists and blood tests and scans and biopsies. I mean, the things that they do these days is incredible. Um, and then I, uh, you know, it, after sort of they got the, through the tests, then I had surgery, chemotherapy, genetic testing, and finally radiation. And um, the worst part, I guess, was just waiting for the results to see if it had spread anywhere in my body. And luckily, they caught it early, and so it hadn't. But wow. you know what, wow. Sydney? The, the thing that just totally blew me away uh, and what kept me kind of really positive was the compassion and support and amazing help from my family and friends and all the nurses and doctors that I came through, that, that I came across. And I look at it now and I see it really as a blessing because uh, just of all the things that I have learned about myself and those around me. So, yeah. I think that's really motivating because when people face challenges like that in life, it's really common that everything stops and they give up or they give up hope. And it sounds like as scary as this was and as emotional as this was and still is for you, you are the type of person that chose to look for the positive and see the positive in the situation. And you're so fortunate to have had such a supportive, a, a great support system around you. And, you know, during that time, though, did you ever lose motivation? Like, how did it change your life? And did you ever lose motivation when you were actually going through it? Okay, well, I guess the main change that uh, was that I stopped worrying about the little things. And I think you hear the, you know, you hear cancer survivors and, and uh, people that have had maybe life-threatening diseases, um, that you just stop sweating the small stuff, really. Um, I learned to listen to my body um, and I gave it what it needed. 
Now, for approximately 10 days after each chemotherapy session, I was flat on my back. I couldn't move. I had no energy and I was in a lot of pain. So I slept when I needed to. I ate when I needed. And something that I found really challenging before was asking for help. And so I learned how to ask for help. And um, and I still struggle, struggle with that now that I'm healthy again. But that was a really big change for me is just to say, you know what, I can't do this by myself. And I think being a single mom, you know, we we feel like we have to push through anything. And and so we don't often ask. Uh, but, you know, my mom kept me supplied with her magic chicken soup. And uh, and that's pretty much all that I could eat. I remember um, I was standing in front of my microwave at three in the morning and uh, I was watching the microwave seconds. Um, while I was heating up my chicken soup. And I swear the microwave seconds, they are so much longer than regular seconds. <laughs> I knew I yep. had enough energy to kind of stand up for 90 seconds. That's all I could, you know, muster in, in sort of those days post chemotherapy. And so that's how long I heated yep. up my chicken soup for. <laughs> but um, I think... <laughs> and you know what, the, the, those are the little things that, that you remember or, you know, ha yeah. I, I had to paint my nails this dark, uh, dark color. And I remember finishing up my chemo and that was the first thing that I did was, was remove the, the paint of my nails. I think they make you paint it because uh, otherwise your, your fingernails can fall off. So, so those are little things that you remember through the journey. But one of the things that I remember the most is people's kindness and um, you know one day uh, I think it was prior to my third chemo session I walked into a pharmacy and I asked for two packs of really strong painkillers uh, because I knew what was coming and uh, the pharmacist told me that he could only sell me one packet because of I'm not sure what the ingredients were in it and uh, I told him that it wouldn't be enough. And so he asked me why I needed it. And so I told him and and he stood there and he had tears in his eyes. And he then went, <laughs> I was still getting emotional about that. And, and he went to the back of the pharmacy and he brought me a second packet and he gave it to me. And then he also said that if I needed anything at all, uh, that I could just let him know and he would personally deliver it to me. And this was somebody I had just met. Um, but the other thing I, I, you know, I wanted to say that my journey, my, my cancer journey didn't just kind of touch me. It also touched my son who was uh, 15 years at, at the time. Um, and being just the two of us, it kind of a lot fell on his shoulders. But you know what? He handled it so maturely. Uh, he continued to get good grades at school and he played soccer and he even got himself a job after school at, at Kentucky Fried Chicken. And, and he wow. helped me whenever I needed it. And this funny story, you know, I, I remember being, this was probably after my first chemo and I, I remember lying on the sofa and I was feeling really bad and I didn't have all the medication that I needed. And I remember texting him at school and I said, I need you to go and get me some drugs. And then as soon as I sent it, I realized, oh, my God, he's at school getting text messages asking for somebody for him to supply <laughs> drugs. I thought that's probably not a good thing. But, no. you know. <laughs> my friend, like, he, 
He knew what you meant. And if he explained it to someone, then they would for sure of know. Of course. Oh, well, the, the thing is, you know, he didn't tell anybody uh, what was happening at, ho at home because he didn't want to be treated any differently and he didn't want people to feel sorry for him. So we didn't really tell yeah. anybody for a very long time. But I found going through the journey with me, he became a lot more resilient and compassionate and and he could relate to people who were going through a tough time and uh, on a much, much deeper level. And I know yeah. that he reached out to friends. A lot of people. Sorry? No, I was saying there's a lot of people out there who are going through a lot of very difficult challenges who could probably, you know, relate and, you know, who your son could connect with. Absolutely. And and it wasn't just, you know, friends that maybe whose parents were sick, but maybe they had, you know, other things right. going on at home. And so I found that he was reaching out to friends suddenly who were struggling and he was offering them help. And then I think with all of this, uh, less than 12 months later, he was then voted the school captain uh, in his high school, which then has opened up, you know, so many doors for him. And so as, as, as I said... Yeah, and, and as difficult as it was for me at the time, I have zero regrets because I look at our life now and, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm just so grateful. It's interesting how you look back after like a, like a huge challenge or an obstacle in life and how we become grateful because I feel like, like you said in the beginning, you, you, you know, you learned one thing that you learned and one thing that your, changed your life is that you you stopped sweating the small stuff and you took time for you and you listened to your body and I think that that's a lesson whether you have cancer or whether you are going through a tough time in life that it's really important to put things into perspective and to always take care of yourself because at the end of the day we have our health and without our health whether that's you know our physical health or our mental health we have nothing and when you are given that perspective in life, it, it allows you to go about your day differently and make different decisions and, you know, focus on, put your energy, you know, where it really matters and, you know, do things that really matter to you and spend time with people that you love. And it, it's really, I, I think that it's an incredible learning lesson and it doesn't matter what you're going through in life, but something that so many people just get caught up in the little things which is normal but this really teaches you you know where to put your energy that's that's exactly right and you just uh you learn to prioritize very quickly um you know as I was going post my treatments I had three hours in the day when I could barely function but I could function I could you know get up and move around the house so when you've got three hours instead of 24 hours uh, your priorities change very quickly and and your health is yeah. as I said you know for me uh, I had to make sure that I was fed and that um, I was at my best for those three hours so that I could somehow keep going but yeah you're absolutely right it does change your priorities and in how you view life did you put before all of this did you put mm -hmm. your your self-care and did you put that first were you what were you like before all of this were you oh still my God. You just I as was, positive <laughs> I think I've always been a very positive person and I've always looked at um at, at sort of uh, at, at people sort of I would only see the good in people 
Um, yeah. But I never looked out after myself. Like I was probably number 10 on my list. You know, first was my son and then my clients and my family and my friends and everybody else. And then down the line, you know, and, and I think if if I'm honest, I think that probably, you know, has had uh, an impact on my health and and where I ended up. So now uh, in the morning, as I said to you this morning, I need coffee. So that's what I got. Yeah. You know, I've got my, my coffee. Yeah. And, and if, if, if I'm not feeling well, I am not afraid. I mean, I still struggle in, in uh, you know, letting people down and stuff like that. And, and I think a lot, yeah. of, a lot of people do. But, uh, but now I, have to, I kind of learned to manage it a lot better. So, so give yeah. you a new perspective so now you and I talked about fear and I think you know everything you've gone through is scary but it's also given you that new perspective and it's allowed you to do different things in life and you know you you are a power woman that's battled through it and I find that to be so empowering in itself the fact that you 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 know made it through all this your story is so incredible but then after we had spoken last time you had mentioned that after you fought through cancer you received an amazing opportunity to do a a speaking event yet you were so afraid of public speaking which I can relate to and it's what you did yeah it's public speaking is scary um it's what you did with the opportunity that's quite incredible to me and that I think everyone can learn from. So can you talk to us about what that opportunity was and what the experience is like and what emotions it brought up? Of course, of course. Um, so it, it, it was funny, about eight months after I, uh, I started sort of my treatment or started my cancer journey, I went to see my oncologist and she said to me, she said, as far as I'm concerned, you're all clear. And to me, that was like, you know, so much stress had fallen off. And I thought, what a fantastic day. And I got home uh, after my appointment. And the minute I walked in the door, there was a phone call from a gentleman called Adam Lever. And Adam is married to Grace Lever, who is, I would say, one of Australia's top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I think everybody loves Grace and Adam. I mean, they're such a beautiful couple. And I had been part yeah. of their network for a couple of years. And uh, and so, um, yeah, well, Grace, for those that might not know her, she's, I would say, one of Australia's top automation experts and online business strategists, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, she's just lovely. And so is Adam and and. Uh, by that at that stage, I hadn't met them in person, but I had been part of their network. And so, so he comes the, the the call from Adam, and he said, you know, we're organising a conference for what they call the Doers Inner Circle, and and he asked if I would be interested to speak at the conference. And I said, of course, absolutely. And I, in my head, you know, I had just beaten cancer and. And I figured, you know, if cancer didn't kill me, public speaking probably wouldn't either. And so I said, absolutely. But then I hung up the phone and the reality set in. And I <laughs> yeah. thought, oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize when I said, like, what, what the actual impact was going to be. But I realized yeah. how terrified of public speaking I really was. And the thought of standing on stage made me want to vomit. Um, but I knew I had many valid reasons why I didn't have to do the presentation. 
I also realized that it was such a big opportunity, which would not only help me overcome my fear of public speaking, but that could potentially open many doors for my business. And not to mention, I had been teaching Jordan to take every possible opportunity that comes his way. And I kind of felt like I had to lead by example. So I felt like I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, yeah. But I decided that I would, you know, I would go ahead and, and uh, I would prepare for the presentation. And so what I did was first is I sat down and I wrote all the challenges that I was facing. So fear aside, um, I didn't know anything about public speaking and delivering a presentation. Uh, the other thing was I was suffering from something they call chemo brain. Now, for those of uh, you that have had children, uh, there's such a thing called as baby brain. It's kind of like you're in this fog and you can't remember anything. Uh, for many, for other people, maybe, you know, if you, if you've got a hangover or something like that and you just can't think clearly, well, chemo brain is like that, but on steroids, you just in this fog. So that was another challenge I was facing. Uh, I had fatigue from chemo and radiation and I couldn't stand up for more than five minutes. And they asked me to speak for 45 minutes. I had lost 70% of my hair and eyelashes. I'd put on weight during chemo because I didn't move for basically six to eight months. And I had never held a microphone and I didn't know how the clicker worked. So I had all of these things stacked up against me. Yeah, but, but you did it. But, but I sat down and for each challenge, I wrote down um, what I was going to need in order to overcome it. And so to help me overcome my fear of public speaking, I actually made an appointment with a kinesiologist and she helped me through her practice. Within a few sessions, she helped kind of clear the fear of public speaking, which turned out to be fear of not being good enough. And and I couldn't I couldn't believe it that, you know, 50 years of something that was so terrifying suddenly just disappeared. Um, I watched heaps of YouTube videos about public speaking yeah. and <laughs> I learned as much as I could about delivering an engaging presentation. And I also spoke to some friends who were experienced public speakers. And so they gave me some tips, which was really helpful. Um, for chemo brain, I just practiced and practiced and practiced until the presentation was ingrained in my, in my brain. Um, I contacted the organizers from the conference and I asked them if they could have a stool on the stage for me in case I needed to lean on it or sit on it. And so that was no problem. Um, for my hair, I was really self-conscious, but uh, around that time I had bumped into a friend who, who I hadn't seen for a while and who didn't know what I had gone through. And she had commented how great my hair looked. And I thought, okay, so she obviously can't pick up on the fact that it's not my hair. <laughs> and, you know, we get so caught up. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. Our hair is uh, such a big identity for many women. And it certainly was for me. And I wasn't yeah. willing to admit that I didn't have a lot at the time. <laughs> And uh, and I ended up ordering a, a clicker on, on eBay just so that I could practice with the technology and I could learn how it worked. And uh, and yeah, and then finally the presentation day came and, and I got through it without too many problems. 
Um, and you know what? I was so relieved and incredibly happy that I pushed through my biggest fear when I was at my weakest. And six what did months later, like <laughs> sorry. Well, I remember what walking did it feel off. Like after you walked off stage, I, I walked off the stage. I remember walking down these stairs, and uh, Adam, who is probably about eight foot tall, he is standing there, and he gave me the biggest hug, and he said, "You did incredibly well." And and the tears just came, and so I think the eight months of you know my my journey and um, the fear of public speaking and and preparing for that just finally came crashing down and I I broke down and I cried for for the longest time but it was also very therapeutic <laughs> and you know what six months later uh, Grace's team called me again and asked me to present and this time I actually looked forward to it and I, I had a really great time uh, but I think having it's gone so interesting. yeah and having gone through, I think the challenge uh, made me realize how strong I can be when I needed to. And so now I kind of embrace new challenges. You know, a year ago, I probably wouldn't be speaking to you on a podcast because I'd be too afraid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah, I get it. I Growing up, I was so painfully shy and I couldn't. I hated public speaking. I know you and I talked about on the phone before we did schedule the podcast about this. I, I, public speaking was something and, and podcasting. I, I just wouldn't have never, I would have never imagined that I would be doing this today. And when I was in college, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do everything that scares me. So I signed up for a public speaking class and I was terrified. And afterwards, it really, I realized, wow, going out of your comfort zone really helps you to grow and you feel so good about yourself because when you make that commitment to yourself, not only do you grow, but you gain that confidence and you you feel so, like, I, I don't know what the word is, but accomplished and it's it's such a good feeling and, you know, the scariest thing is to the thought of doing it, but once you do it, you never know what could happen. Like, like how you said that you, you actually really, enjoyed it you wanted to do it again and I bet before before that you would have never thought that and you and now you're on a podcast like you would have never <laughs> thought that that's where it would be but it's from taking that action and and going pushing through your fear and that's what I did too and and now here I am on a podcast too which I honestly I never could have imagined like I, I never like four episodes a week I I just it does, I don't know like it's crazy I'm just what happens when you push through and at such a young age, the fact that you recognize that and that you are pushing through that, that is incredible. It's only taken me 53 years and a cancer journey to get where you are at 25. <laughs> no, everybody has, their, everybody has their own path and everybody has their of own course. challenges, you know, and I, I think what you did is absolutely incredible. I've never done a speaking event yet. I, I mean, the thought <laughs> I was, I've been asked, I have to be honest right now, I've been asked to do some and I... A couple of them I've turned down because of fear, which is something that I don't usually do because whenever I'm scared of something, my whole mind was that I do it, but I didn't feel ready. Um, and then the other ones I committed to uh, coming up in the spring. So, you know, I'm kind of in that boat where you were, where you were nervous, you know, and I have my own reasons, but it's, it's really scary. And, you know, you had an amazing opportunity. And when opportunities like that present themselves, I feel like they happen at the right times when they're supposed to happen in our lives. They don't just, you know, it, 
whether it's me at 25, it's happening or whatever age, it doesn't matter. It happens when it's supposed to happen. And I really believe that. And I think that no matter when you do it, anytime you face a fear and you overcome an obstacle and you push through a challenge, you come out stronger on the other side. And it's, I think it's, if people listening, it might be like, okay, well, you know, now I still have to do it. But the the reality is that before we face these these challenges it, we we feel the same way that everybody else does and then once you start doing it it's it's interesting to see how that shifts yeah I think when you when you recognize sort of what your fear is and you get right. to the bottom of what's behind it oftentimes that that releases you as I said my, the kinesiologist she said it's really the fear of not being good enough and I thought that is so true and so we worked through it and, and we it got out the, at the other end but, you know, um, I set myself two goals for that presentation. I thought I will consider this a success if I don't vomit from fear and if I don't <laughs> fall off the stage. And I thought anything else is going to be a bonus because I think we um, become, we are so hard on ourselves. And I see so many clients that I work with, they are perfectionists and they don't want to do things until they know it's absolutely perfect. And the thing is, in your vulnerability, when you are maybe not at your strongest, that's when you connect with people the most. So even if you right. don't get the presentation, you know, done, most people won't even know that, you know, that you have stumbled. And so I really hope right. you get that. You, you take that opportunity because I just find that it opens so many doors. So not only do you come to sort of um, appreciate yourself a lot more, but it opens up so many doors that at the moment you might not even realize uh, at the other end of this fear. And, you know, I, learned, I, I heard this saying, and I'm not sure who it's by, but it was sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. And yep. so you just kind of, you can't lose either way. Either you learn a lesson or you've, you know, you've done a good job. So, so I hope you look at it too. I hope you take that opportunity to speak, Sydney, and I would love to see your presentation. <laughs> you will. I'm, I'm going to do it. I, I'm not the type of person that lets fear typically hold me back. Like, I, I acknowledge it, and I keep moving forward. You know, I think that when I got the opportunity to do this one speaking event that I, I turned it down, I didn't turn it down necessarily because I was scared. I was scared because I wasn't, I guess it's because of what you're saying. You know, I wasn't. I didn't feel prepared or ready or, and I, I was being hard on myself and, you know, because speaking is, was so, it is so new to me. I, I didn't, I didn't know. And so, you know, I still don't know, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to take your advice and I'm going to, you know, think about things differently. And I want to talk more about fear because there might be other people listening to this who, you know, whether it's public speaking or they want to, you know, ask for something in their job that they want or go after something new in life or what, whatever it is they want to do and they're fearful of it. Um, I feel like fear is such a common, it's something that we all face at one point in our lives and it can be really challenging to overcome and it stops people from actually achieving their true potential and moving forward in life because, you know, if I really want to get to this next level with my personal brand and spread my message, I, I have to do some speaking events, you know, and it, and that's me but there's so many people in other situations too and I believe that fear is very real of course and it's I also believe that it's it is in our minds meaning we have the opportunity to actually control it so I want to know what 
how do you see fear? Like when you think fear, what does that mean to you? Well, for me, uh, I guess fear is what keeps us safe. Uh, but as you said, in many cases, it's also what stops us from doing what we really want to do. And as I said to you, uh, I don't know if I would have done a, for, a podcast with you uh, had I not gone through the uh, cancer journey. I certainly wouldn't have done the, the presentation. But because it's, uh, you know, my mind has had shifted in how I see life and 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 I right. realized everybody is so afraid of so many things. And I thought, if I just push through this one little thing, maybe other people will stop being so fearful when they realize that, you know, there's the odds can be really stacked against you. And if you just push through it, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> there's rainbows at the other end. And so for me now, like you said, uh, pushing through fear, it's just I go, what's the worst will, uh, that will happen? Is it going to kill me? No. Then anything else is a bonus, really. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I love the way you look at it. And you you and I had talked about you do something, though, when you're fearful of something and you write it out. Um, can you tell us what that is and explain it? Because I feel like that's really good advice for someone who's facing, you know, some sort of fear and and whatever area it is in their life. You know, I feel like it's a really good way to overcome it. What you explained to me on the phone about writing it out and how they they can okay. face it. How so it? So I think it, this goes for fear and feeling overwhelmed, uh, which is what I was feeling at the time when, you know, when I was uh, facing this, this, this presentation. And so what I did was I wrote, I, I wrote all the challenges and I broke the tasks into what I call bite-sized pieces. So something that I could um, focus on every day. Now, if you look at it as an overall sort of project, it's it's overwhelming. But once you start breaking it down into little pieces, and I knew that, um, you know, as I said, I had three hours in the day when I had to get everything done, uh, whether it was washing, cooking, right. cleaning, all my work. And so I was laser focused. One hour I gave myself every day when I would focus on this presentation. Initially, I would I would I would prepare it and revise it. So I would spend an hour for that. And then probably about four weeks before the presentation, every day I would spend an hour just pre, uh, just presenting it to myself, obviously, with my new clicker. Um, and I would just practice and practice and practice. But I only gave myself an hour and that way I wasn't overwhelmed. But I also felt like I was achieving something because one of the things is and and because I work from home, there's so many things to you can get distracted by. And so, you know, there was the washing that had to be done, but I had to be laser focused and just that hour. And that's all I did for six weeks. Every morning at nine o'clock, I just practiced and, and prepared. Um, and so, yeah, so breaking down the, the tasks and, and this this is what I also see with a lot of my clients. They find technology so overwhelming and, yeah. you know, they, they don't know sort of where to even start. And so I kind of help to guide them and I want to talk to them about maybe, you know, how to promote their, their website until we've actually done it. Because I, I recognize there's this glazed look on their faces. It's like you've reached yeah. a threshold and I can't push through that. So I like to take it sort of step by step. Okay, the first thing we do is this, then the next step, then the next step.
I hope that everyone listening is taking notes and I'm definitely going to take this advice. You know, I, 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 I think it's great. And I truly believe that when you face your fears and you break it down, you can actually conquer it. Otherwise we tend to just kind of ruminate. I don't know if that's the right word, but ruminate about it. And it kind of just goes through our minds and we keep, you know, it's like a, a vicious cycle, but when we actually take a minute to break it down, it, it becomes less overwhelming and it becomes more manageable and it becomes something that's within our reach that we can actually go after. You just have to be willing to go beyond, you know, the quote unquote plan of, you know, after you break it down, you know, you have to be willing to take the first step. And obviously the first step is usually, it, it, it can be the most difficult part when it comes to facing our fears but what do you think is the most difficult part of actually facing the fear well I think um, for me it was putting myself as a priority and what I needed as a priority so once I started looking after myself and I started feeling stronger I could then uh, I could then push through it um, but I um, yeah I think um, uh, making the prior making me a priority was kind of the the very first step um, and realizing what I needed and then asking and reaching out to people um, and not being afraid to say I'm afraid or you know this is what scares me and then talking through it oftentimes helps but you know what there were days that I knew I couldn't do it because I wasn't feeling that great or something else had come up. And so I would say on those days, just walk away, go for a walk or have a good sleep or just leave it for the day. Like don't feel that even though you've scheduled it in your diary and you should be doing it, there will be some days then you just go, you know what, bugger this. (laughs) I'm not doing it today. And that's okay too. (laughs) And so... uh, yeah, just be kind to yourself. I think that's probably, you know, one of the biggest things I've learned is just if you're not kind to yourself, nobody else is going to be, <laughs> unless you have the beautiful pharmacist and the doctors that I had. <laughs> oh, it's true. I think that that's a really good point. A lot of people have, including myself, have a difficult time putting themselves first. And I'm a really big believer in self-care because you know, as difficult as it is, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you have to make time for it. You know, I have clients, I have, you know, a full-time marketing company. I have, you know, my four podcasts a week, a blog post every, you know, I have this other personal brand that's nonprofit to help, you know, uh, prevent suicides and help inspire people. It's like, how, how, how do I put myself first when I'm putting everyone else first? But I realized that once I start putting myself first, when I start the day or, or, and when I end the day, but you know, if you can just do one, that's fine it makes a difference because it impacts how you feel throughout the day, which impacts the decisions you make. And, and when you feel good, you do good. And everybody else around you is then happier too. And you're able to become the best version of yourself. And um, I think people underestimate that sometimes the power of that. And I did too, until I really started putting in, you know, solid routines and and really making that time for me. Um, And I think that it, that is, I've never really thought about it that way, but I think that is definitely one of the most difficult parts of facing our fears is, you know, kind of, I mean, facing ourselves, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
And you know what? And realizing that the world is not going to come to an end just because you don't get something done. That for me was like my other thing was, uh, you know, not wanting to let people down. But when you set boundaries and you realize that, you know, maybe I'm not feeling so great. And so whether it means canceling an appointment or postponing an appointment or something like that and just putting yourself first and go, you know what? Today is not the day. And it's okay. People understand you know, we're not performing brain surgery here that somebody's going to die. It's just going to be okay. Um, and uh, and I think, you know, I, this was this was one of the hardest things is, is uh, you know, for the longest time, I kept telling my son, you know, any opportunity comes your way. You just have to be one step ahead or do one extra thing than other people. And it will take you such a long way. And when I was faced and I, I was given the opportunity and I, I walked into his room and I said, look, this is what's happening. And I said, I don't know if I can do it. And he said, mom, you've got this. And I did. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> no, so I, I think that's amazing. You guys support each other. Yeah, yeah, we have a we have a very strong bond. I think you know, being uh, as I said, being a single parent, it's been just the two of us for for about sixteen years. So so we've got each other's back for sure. <laughs> That's so important. Well, this has been amazing, and I want to end this with something powerful. What is one thing that you want everyone to take away from this episode? I think you know, so many of us have a fear of being found out or not being good enough, or that. Uh, the job that we are going to do is not going to be perfect. But I think in reality, we are the only ones who see us that way. And if you were to ask any of your clients or your friends, you would be surprised at how other people see you. So I would just say, be calm to yourself and just realize that you can work through anything. I love that. That's, you're such an inspiration. This has been such a great and valuable episode and great catching up with you as well. You are such a strong woman. And I'm honestly, I'm blown away by all that you have accomplished in your life and how you've gone about it. And everyone definitely needs to go and check out your work. And I'll link everything in the show notes, of course. But before we leave, would you let everyone know where they can find you? This is for those who don't actually read the show notes. I want to make sure that they can, they know where to find you. Okay, sure. Uh, well, you can find me online. Um, I have a website uh, called Websites for Small Business. And um, I am based in Australia. Uh, the website address is www.web4business.com.au. Or you can look me up probably on Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, I kind of uh, duck in and out <laughs> there as well. Yeah. And again, thank you. I'm going to link all of that. So thank you so much, Ivana, for being here. I really had such a great time and I am so excited to make a difference together. Your story is so impactful and empowering and I just, I can't wait to make a difference in this world and you already are. Thank you so much, Sydney. It's been so lovely chatting to you.